This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week number 651 brought to you by Harry's. To get your trial shave set, go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you.
Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 651. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. How are you doing since last time, Josh? Are you are you recovered? I really, episode? like at the end, I was like, I just need this to stop. <laughs> and I don't quite remember the end, but I was, and, and, and to be fair, at the end of 6.50, it was whatever o'clock at night, where an hour passed where I said, I was like, I have to be done by now. And I got, I was, daddy was a little cranky the next day. That's what I can tell you for sure. Sorry, sorry, kids. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we are iFanboy and every week we say a little too much. We read our stack yeah. of comics also. And one of us uh, picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book. We'll talk about other books from the week. Uh, sometimes I guess we're reading too much. Um, no. The patron pick. And maybe if we have time, some listener mail, it'll be, a, it'll be a grand old time. Your spoiler warning is that there are spoilers. It's a review show. That's how this works. You know, I know, we all know. Connor, you had the pick of the week. I did. And I don't really like caveats. I don't like conditions on the pick. And I, I tried to avoid them whenever possible. Understood. The problem, the problem is, so this week I had 23 books. It was a big week after the last couple of weeks, which was which were relatively light. And uh, I finished, and nothing had blown my socks off. It, you know, you know that feeling, Josh, where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what the pick is. Yes, yes, and it's absolutely. Not, and it's not the problem that there's too many books to choose from, which is. A different problem, but an easier problem. This was the oh, uh, it's, just hmm. that, it's just that nothing sticks out. Nothing is like the obvious choice. And there were lots of good things. Yes, I read good things. lots of things that were like this was good, but nothing where I was like that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I I started thinking about the ones I liked and which ones I thought were the most interesting or which ones I wanted to read the next issue of the most, and I hit back on. Archie 1941, number one, which is a new uh, miniseries. It's just, I think it's a six-issue miniseries from uh, Brian Augustine and Mark Wade. They're they're an old writing team. They've written together for for decades. What's funny is that we say, we refer back to Mark Wade's Flash, but that's actually not correct. Brian Augustine and Mark Wade's Flash. Exactly. At least least in the beginning, then it became Mark Wade's Flash. And uh, Peter Krause on art, who was Mark Wade's artist on Irredeemable. And what this miniseries is doing is basically taking Archie back to its roots. And it's, uh, it's, said it's an Archie story set in 1941, as the title says. So Archie was created in 1939. So this is basically okay. right around the time when Archie was originally created. It's when he would have so been graduating. The, right. And that's exactly what the story is. Right. It is, it is the uh, graduation of Archie and the gang from high school in 1941. And as you might imagine... Uh, things are a little complicated in 1941, and so there's the the drumbeat of war happening all around them, and Archie is feeling a malaise. Did you read this? I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I was going to tell you to read it, but then I know you had a lot of books. I didn't want to put it on you, but um, uh, Archie's feeling a malaise, as as a lot of young men at the time felt. You know, they they something that's probably completely foreign to a lot of people now is the call to serve, the call to to help. And while that's not ex- explicitly stated here yet, it's pretty much the what I feel like is the undertone of this particular issue is that, you know, while everyone's having fun partying on the beach after the graduation, he's sort of haunted by the newsreels that he saw before the film and and the, the, the news in the paper and on the radio. And and he's not quite sure what he wants to do uh, with his life. His dad wants to go to college or get a job. And he's he's uh, he's not sure. It's. 
it's interesting. First of all, I had I had seen this and, and it, it piqued my interest a little bit. Probably not quite enough to go grab it just because it's sort of out of they my They first emailed us about it like six months ago. Yeah, like, but to tell us this was coming. From the sort of cover image to the, the just, just even just the title, really, I thought oh, that that could be interesting. Um, and then you made a pick, so I, I quickly, you know, made an effort to um, read it, and I think it's I think it's really interesting. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, it's it's certainly it's kind of Archie in structure only. Yes, if that makes sense. Um, and they're exploring something that I think you're right is is pretty foreign if it's not something you're familiar with. If yeah. you happen to be the kind of person who reads about this time period a lot, it's very familiar. Um, and it's interesting because basically it's the summer of 1941, which would mean that it's before Pearl Harbor for those of you yep. not not and and so it's a it's the one thing I got was I don't really know how people felt at that point. Like I know that there was a we weren't in the war. You know, I know that there were things going on, but I, I'm not sure, like, in the populace where people felt like they well, there weren't. We were in the war, and there was a large contingent of people that didn't want anything right. to do with it. And that, and that you know, that had everything to do with how bad World War One went, even right. though we were only in that for just a little while. And there is a really nice bit. I think it's probably my, my favorite moment in the whole thing. Um, who's the guy who runs the soda fountain? Pops. Pop. Pop. And and he you know gives them the shakes and he's really nice and then he kind of whispers to himself and he's like not these kids please yeah that was great and I was like oh he fought in the war and I thought that or, was really- or he or he knew kids that went off to the war because the yeah. war would have been what like twenty years earlier pops probably in his fifties yeah. he could have been in the war for he, sure I mean could have gone either way though he would have been affected yeah. by it um, yeah for sure and I liked that. Um, that moment because it wasn't didn't shove anything down my throat they didn't explain yeah. it to me you, you you had to know what. Mm-hmm. He was talking and, about, and you know, really like there's a little narcissism there, and that like that makes me feel good. Like I know this thing. I I just like that approach to things. And so if you don't get it, then you don't get it. It doesn't matter. Um, I think there were uh, Peter Krause did um, Krause, not Krause. Krause is Narm, the um, actor Krause, <laughs> uh, uh, who uh, worked with Mark Wade uh, previously uh, on uh, Inven- not Invincible, Irredeemable. Um, did the breakdowns for this, but not the finishes. Um, there were bits, and I'm not sure if it was in the layouts or it had to do with the script, but there were little bits of sort of fuzziness between moments. Um, and I think that they were trying to indicate that, like, Archie was sort of lost in thought, um, but it felt a little like they skipped time, and I'm not sure if that was on purpose Wait or a not. minute. The, uh, there's no credit for an inker or a finisher on here. It's just a letter of line art. Yeah, I know. It's weird. So who did the finishes? I don't know the colorist. Maybe it was done like digitally, along with the color. I did notice uh, it, that. Um, There's a bit like so uh, Betty gives him like a frame at one point, and they have like a kind of a conversation. It feels like we got like ha- bits of conversation, or we popped into conversations like after they started. A yeah, couple times. I think one of the things that Mark Markwood was doing on the Archie book, well, I, I, had, I had stopped reading it a while back, but one of the things he 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 was he had jumped around like that a lot. Yeah, where so, you, you sort of got like a breakneck pace. This is a little bit slower. I think what we're doing here is we, we're obviously we're mainly focused on Archie as as we see him in different aspects of his life. So we see him at the school getting his diploma. We see him with the gang at the movies. Then we see him with his parents. We see him with Pop. We see him with with Reggie, um, and then we see with Betty. So we, we're sort of seeing how whatever he's feeling and they haven't spelled it out yet. So we're just speculating, but whatever he's feeling 
is affecting all the aspects of Archie's life. So we're just sort of getting sort of vignettes yeah. of those things because it culminates with him at the movies again, uh, seeing a twin feature plus news on the March and shorts. Yeah. Uh, and reacting to, um, the Nazi threat that's looming and the Atlantic charter and all that stuff. So we're, it's sort of just like, here's since graduation here, all here's the way that the world is affecting Archie's world. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, not in a positive way. He, he, yeah, he throws Betty's. I thought him dropping Betty's framed photo of them on the ground was a little bit harsh and out of character. But yeah, um, but that he's out of character. I guess that's the point. Yeah, I mean uh, that was a really cruel thing to do. Yes, it I mean, was. Archie's not cruel. Archie's not cruel. He might yeah. be an d- adult and a dumbbell, but he's not. He's not cruel. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe 1941 Archie is a little bit cruel. Yeah, it was. It was. It was overall. It was. It was interesting. I I enjoyed it. I liked the tone. I think the art served it really well. It's it says line art, so maybe that's just a different way of saying he did. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he didn't do layouts. Maybe he just did the pencils and the inks based on layouts from the creative team. I don't know. Credits um, are weird, but yeah, I, weird. I mean it. You know, it's, this is right up our alley, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of I War like, Corner. And I like seeing these characters in their original era. I mean, this was the this was the era they were designed for this was the era they were built for you know that uh, archie does have a throwback quality to it and this is to see them in the 40s this, this makes sense it's kind of like when i like seeing you know superman stories set in the 30s it kind of makes sense in a way because that was the initial dna of the, of the thing and uh so this was fun i liked it and then there's a lot of great um variant covers they they have a real great stable of artists that do covers for them and I'm I'm very curious to see what happens because this is a miniseries, so that, and it's quote unquote out of continuity, uh, so basically anything could happen. They're not gonna they're not gonna kill Archie in the war, but you know anything could happen. They mm-hmm. killed Jughead in Afterlife with Archie, so um, that's kind of fun. Is that I don't know what this story is going to be. I literally could be anything, and that's what made me most excited to read the next issue. And do we and, know uh, how many issues? I think it's six. Okay. But I'm not – don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's six. Remind me when the next one comes out. I will do that. Because I will – it's five. I know. I it's know. It's five. It's five issues? Well, okay. Well, that's fine. Either way. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's not It's not ongoing. And so I, I liked it. Archie, 1941, number one. If you are into Archie, if you like the history of World War World War Two, if you – you know, just – it's just an interesting – it was an interesting and, and nice take on these original characters in the original time – period in, a, in an interesting way because I, I don't you know it's it if you were a teenager like Archie in the 40s you probably went to war and I don't he didn't do that in the, in the old comics so it was it's gonna it's be interesting he definitely they all would have been drafted yeah for sure well not Jughead he probably has too high cholesterol but <laughs> um, he's 4F there's actually a lot of stealth war comics this week as yes, we talk were. about Journey into Mystery, the birth of Krakoa. Number one, I guess this is a one shot uh, from Dennis Hopeless, Jabril Morissette f- fan, Rachel Rosenberg, Travis Lanham, and this was a s- surprise. A great, great Smallwood cover, great cover. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, original Nick Fury and the Howling Commando story, which I was not expecting. I said to myself, "What is this Journey into Mystery?" What is this? Oh, Dennis Hopeless wrote it. And as soon as I saw his name on the cover, I went for it. There was no there was no moment to to not do that. And I don't know why this exists. I don't know I, either. I can't I can't tell any any way that this would have a reason to be, especially under the journey into mystery thing, although except that they are um 
they're sort of the re- they're rebirthing some of the other um you know like marvel two and one and um what's the other one that uh, journey into two and ones. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. like some of those old mean. anthology titles that we've seen stuff using those yes. uh, over the past year or so. So you know, a copyright thing. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I'll take it though. Um, yeah, Howling Commandos, psychological body horror uh, on the living island, and and Nick Fury uh, ends up communing with the the um, the island basically, as we yeah. see sort of the birth of this sort of. I, I, I'm going to guess it's Kirby. The Living Island really feels like Kirby. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but from the era, um, we, we sort it of... It has a great tagline. Mm-hmm. What is the tagline? It's the, it's the island that walks, or what, yeah. what is it? Something uh, like that. The island that walks like a man. Yep. The island that that walks is like a man. great old Marvel tagline. Um, you know, and the, just the way it's drawn. It's like hills, and they kind of have eyes. It's like a super swamp thing kind of deal. Um but then, like the the creepy thing that happens to the, the plants. Oh, Krakoa was Len Wein and Dave Cockrum. Nice. Yeah, that seems. Yeah. Um, that the the one dude how he gets covered in um plants all around. Yeah, him. I think. I mean, Ugh. I really like this. The I think the, what kept me from it picking it was that it felt like it needed ten more pages. It needed a it needed a beat. It wasn't. It there. needed something. It was missing something, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not sure quite, quite sure what it was. A so there. You're the, right. It was just bo- over. The bomb drug gets dropped on the island. I guess this is where they test. They were testing the bomb during the war, World War Two, and it causes a mutation, causes Krakoa, and so the Howling Commandos, who were led by Nick Fury, who was piloting the plane, they crash on the same island. Did you say why they crashed? Uh, the, this, there was a, it was the storm because of the bomb, maybe like they were flying well, they along went, fine. And then the plane, they went down. Damn thing um, did a number on Sergeant Fury's old airplane. I guess too. it was the, I guess, I guess no one told them not to fly around the test site yeah. and they got the, the bomb brought them down and they crashed in the Island. Nick goes down with the plane. The rest of the Howling Commandos jump out. Uh, Nick ends up commuting with the Island as Josh said, and then the rest of the guys get infected with the island, so they start growing like moss on their bodies, Ugh. or whatever that is, the green stuff is, and uh, and then it just sort of gets resolved. I thought they just needed a little bit more. Yeah. Just, I'll give you that. Just give me the why. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really have a sense of a why. Like you said, I don't know why this. Why this? They made this. Like it was fun, but like story wise, I didn't really get a why, other than it was just the origin of Krakoa. But I liked it a lot, and I thought yep. the art was terrific. The Jabril Morissette fan art is really good, and uh, I'm happy to do read more of these. Marvel wants to make them just for me and you. Yep, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll take any Dennis Hope as I can get. And more classic Fury and his Howling Commandos. I mean, yeah, I had almost forgotten he was around <laughs> on the move. The un whatever. I find Fantastic Four fascinating. I think you talked about this with Viscardi uh-huh. when I was off the first yes. issue. And so this is the second issue, Dan Slott, Sarah Pacelli. And uh, I think it's so interesting, beyond the fact that they still haven't finished that other miniseries which we've talked about. Sure. But um, that, first of all, they this is the first time the team comes back together. Like the like the you know Johnny and Ben are reunited with Reed and Sue and the kids, mm-hmm. 
And it's so underplayed. In fact, it doesn't really happen. They just sort of are back together along with... Which means that the end of that other series isn't going to mean anything. But it's just strange, like... It's weird. They they come back and they go, how did we get here? And then the next shot is a big hero shot of them, plus basically everyone who's ever been a uh, Fantastic Four member or unofficially been a Fantastic Four member as they could fight these dudes in another dimension. And it just felt like a very odd thing after all this time to really underplay the reunion. Especially when you had a whole miniseries about the fact that they are trying to reunite and they miss each other. I don't think... Do you know that, what I mean? I, I, no, but I, like, I don't think Dan Slott's even... Like, it feels like he's not even acknowledging that. I'm not going to say not aware of it, but like he's just not paying attention to it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yes. It seems that that seems clear. It just seems to me, even if that didn't exist, that this would be so undersold. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that from Marcus' standpoint. I just mean from like story. You just, you want that cathartic release of, you know, Johnny and his sister and Ben and his best friend and they're all back together. And it's just, we, we, we skipped that panel. Well, apparently. I think what was weird is that like it felt like we I felt like I missed an issue. I was like, did I miss an issue of this? And it was only number two. And I was like, no. So we were just sort of in it and going. Um which is not it's, a bad thing. I just didn't it's expect it. It's not a way to start it. the series. It's just it, so yeah. Reed and Reed and Sue and the Fantastic Foundation have been dimension hopping through dimensions that Franklin creates because he has the power to create dimensions and they have sort of which seems like cheating. Like he's, he creates the dimension, then they go catalog it, and that seems odd. But um, not, less like exploring and more like. I agree. I had that. I had that same diorama thought. I made. And now we'll. It's it, anyway. That's what they're doing, and they run into some some baddies, and uh, call in help to fight the baddies. The help being Johnny and Ben Grimm, and then as I said, the. Spider-Man and Medusa and Wolverine, who I thought was dead, and Luke Cage and Black Panther and Ghost Rider and a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Herbie the Robot, Storm, so Medusa. So it, it just was an odd – it's an odd construction. That's, that's all. Here's what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't agree, disagree with anything you just said. 100%. Mm-hmm. I was reading through this, and I uh, I was I don't know I was on is it page where Reed and Sue have some coffee sitting on mm-hmm. the hit side of the hill, and I was looking at it and I go, who's drawing this? This is gorgeous. In fact, yeah. like I was sitting next to my wife and I go and I said it out loud. She doesn't care or know or have a context for any of it or whatever. <laughs> but like I don't do that, and I just I just go, this is gorgeous. And I sort of flip back to the thing. I was like, all right, Sarah Pacelli, and it doesn't look like the Sarah Pacelli art that we had seen in. Um, uh, Spider-Man, um, not a bad, it just, it just, it's not instantly recognizable in that way. It's got a slightly different texture to it, I guess. Yes, it does. It does. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's really wonderful, like stunning kind of stuff. It's, you know what it's, it reminded me of, it was Imanini. That's interesting. It's, it's kind of Imanini uh, in the layouts and the, the acting. Yeah. I see an Imanini. See Imanini. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stuart Seaman in any. Yeah, like there's a What it's if his like middle initial was C and yeah. he was Stuart Seaman in any. Um It's almost it, got like you're more of a, like a European flow to it, oddly enough. I was going to say that also I like that Reed is kind of looks like a 1940s dork. Like he has huh? like the, the the taxi ears, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, the, the ears that pop out and he's got the sort of uh he's sort of skinny and 
even though he should be a bit more mannish, uh, I like that look on him. And also, he has a very weird, unma- uncool beard, which is kind of fun, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the art, it's, it looks great. It looks really good. Yeah, I've got no complaints about the art. I, mean, I like it so far. I just don't get why they're doing it this way. Yeah. What's interesting is, like, that kind of makes it interesting. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it kind like I don't know that it's good, but it makes me interested. It makes me want to keep. Like, we've said interesting a lot, but like it makes yeah. it has engaged me to answer the question. Like, are you are you doing this on purpose or are you just? <laughs> and I don't know. And I like that a lot. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird. Uh, the, the much valued return of the Fantastic Four, who've been gone for a long time for business reasons, been gone and, a long uh, time. Maybe you ain't heard. Not a long time. You ain't heard. Uh, I don't do no shines. Um, just strange. Let's just let's, let's move on to <laughs> Hey Kids Comics number two, which you also talked about with Viscardi the first time. And this is this sounds like a similar refrain, but I like it, but I don't know what the point is. Oh, I I do. I feel like I I I I was really excited about the first one. I made a pick of the week. I was mm-hmm. super excited to talk about it, and I was kind of bummed that you weren't here. I saw that it's it's funny because I had I had like a stack of image books after I finished all the Marvel and DC stuff and the Dark Horse, and I was like, all right, go to the next thing. And I saw that it was in there, and I was like, and I got halfway excited and halfway like, oh, this is too dense for the time that I have to read this, and I'm worried. <laughs> um, but I, I think that the theme sort of became clear to me as I was going through this in that there's two worlds of comics that we're selling. Um, and Howard Chaikin, like as an image of a community, of a of – a, and, and Howard Chaikin is familiar with both of them. He comes from two different eras. Like he, he, he wasn't part of the Golden and Silver Age necessarily, but he knew the people who were. Mm-hmm. So like he has a hand in, in that stuff. And, and, you know, to be fair, you know, as early as 10, 15 years ago, there were definitely still golden age comics professionals still not necessarily active, but they were around and they were oh, lucid sure. and they, yeah. you know, like they were living history, basically. Um, We've talked to them. Yes, exactly. Um, and I feel like he's bridging that with where the comics industry is now. Again, I'm not sure who the hell this is for. Um, I mean, I get, I get that you're what you're saying. I just don't know that's coming through in the story. So, so basically, I, we're going through four eras of comics here, and we 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 skip through 45, and then we skip to 55, and then we skip to uh, 65. And then we jump way ahead to I, 2001, I think, and we uh, just spin a couple of pages in each era as we follow different. I think what he's doing so, is weaving all of these evolves. things. He's weaving all of these things together. And so instead of having like these guys who don't talk to these guys, you know, having them separate, he's showing it how it all goes together and how the the perception of them is different. I loved, I loved, there's, there's a bit where they're on a panel and uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, the black guy with the earring. Ted. Um, yeah, he gives the – he's my favorite character in this, by the way, whose name mm-hmm. I don't remember. But he gives the audience exactly what they want to hear. And I was like, that's weird. And then he's like, you're so full of shit. And he's like, just a bigger shovel. Like he just – he's selling the thing because he's got to get by. I mean it's, it's definitely a behind-the-scenes curtain oh, for sure. I that's, just and that's why I love it. I just don't know what he's saying. And, and I think 
And then there's the bit where this is gonna sound this is gonna sound weird, but I think the analogs might be hurting it only because possibly I spend a lot of time trying to figure out who everyone's supposed to be, and I don't think everyone has an analog. Uh, well, I think the main one that's important is the Kirby one isn't in here very much, um, but the big one here is the Stanley one, which I think is uh, it's at the beginning. There's a Sid maybe Bob Bob. Um, Sid is Sid is the the Kirby one. Okay, so the Bob one, I think you're learning a lot about how Stan Lee was perceived. Um, oh, no, for sure. Here. And I liked that part. My my favorite, there's two, there's actually a scene with Bob. And Bob, like, the Bob Stan character, like, he, we never get to see that, the side of Stan Lee that they're talking about, but I've read about it. I know it exists. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, for a man to be able to survive in an industry like that, that long, at that part, like, he has to have another side. Uh, all your favorite super successful people do. Um, even if they make zombies. And there's a bit in the 60s where um, Ray comes in to try to get work at, at whatever the Marvel thing is here. And yeah. you, you're right. I think that stuff does get confusing. So you end up wasting time on trying to get your analogs correct. Um, I think if you're going to analog, then everyone's got to be an analog. Otherwise... Then Ray comes in and he... Verve Comics. Yeah. Mar- and, and whoever Marvel. the boss guy is basically says, and forgive this language. It's not mine, but I'm saying it. He's like, this stuff looks a little faggy for us. And yeah. and then he explains it, and then Bob just goes, "Fine, you're the boss," and he walks out. Now, there's a lot of things happening right there. And well, you also see that you see the moment where Kirby is screwed here, where yes. he says, "Hey, I'm making all these. Where's my piece of the profits?" And the stand character's like, "Yeah, you, we'll we'll, do, we'll definitely do that." Yeah, but that's not a, now though. Once we figure out how much money we're making, we'll we'll figure out how much you get, and then that's the moment where he's never going to get any money. Yes. So and that, then we got in the next very next page. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, there's there's great stuff in here. The very next page is Stan, the Stan characters meeting with the you know. The that's board. a real story though. That happened to Gil Kane. Yeah. That's, and, a, that's and a Gil Kane story. And so I guess that might be his analog. Is is my point? Um, no, no, that's that's Sid. That's the Kirby character. And then he says, "No, the, what's great about it is the next page is the meeting where they're talking about all the merchandise that they're going to sell and how all them all the money they're going to make is from the merchandise." The thing and about so, the the art being, basically, they said Gil Kane's art was too gay. Yes, and he, yes, he didn't bring yes. him in there. So maybe that's who that Ray is supposed to be—the merchandising yeah. thing. And what I like too is that they didn't mention the movies, um, because at that point that wasn't considered to be a thing. Um, it's possible that these all all have analogs, but I don't. Yes, it's just yeah. it's hard without knowing. I'm sure like, that that is, lady is someone. Who is Alfred Kessler, the guy who marries secretly marries a woman? Is that like? Uh, Schuster. Is that like uh, is it Schuster or is it um is it uh, Ditko? I don't think it's Ditko because it's all because he's basically he's like he's a secretive. They don't even know he's married. Well, the one thing I know about Schuster is that basically like he, I think it's Schuster and Se- or not Siegel, but I could be wrong. Um, one of them like lived like they were a rock star, and like went and sort of like like disavowed sort of this Jewish heritage and and sort of like you know lived like the biggest guy on earth and and. You know, but isn't that? I don't know. That's, that's the way I look. But does it, like, they're all archetypes, though. And I think that the underbelly of all of this stuff is the stuff that we don't see when we see the story of comics. We see, you know, they see the Stan Lee version of it, which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that there's so much. I like how ambitious this is. It's, it's a lot like uh, Satellite Sam, it, but about comics. So it's much closer to home. And even that for us was like, oh, I get this. I know what's going on. But this is even more so. Um I, I love and I like the puzzle of it for me is actually the fun part. Um, is the new person 
I don't know who that's supposed to McFarlane? be. McFarlane? Something like that. I love that scene. That was actually my other favorite scene in this. You know, that, like, on the panel, it's like, oh, you're the... I, there's, a, there's a bit where, like, they're on the panel and they're talking to the artists and, and it's like, well, you know, we're optimistic about comics tradition and, and the, the current artists are like, you know, we're so glad about what they brought. But everybody on the panel is like, fuck. They're all yeah. bitter about the whole thing, and that's that's the most real. Like, I don't care who that's supposed to be. That's the most real mm-hmm. thing going on here. Is we sure. pay comics pay so much lip service to Len Wein or whoever, and we they don't pay they don't they don't follow through on it. Like you're on mm-hmm. your own, and when you're out, you're out. And right. and like the Ray guy, you know, like he's not like a little old man. He's a tough guy. In fact, he's one of the nicest characters in this, and he's. He's telling the new guy to go fuck himself. And then Stan comes along and he, he does his like, hey, we just love comics, right? And Man, there's a, there was so much here to, to like. But I think if you don't know what you're reading, I don't know that you're going to get it. Yeah. So yes. it's for me, uh, but, you know. And, and, and you know, and I, I'm guessing that I am remedial at best compared to like other people who would read this. Like sure. if Mark Wade was going to read this, he'd be note everything that's happening. Or you know, I would think Jane most, most pros would yeah. be the same. I would hope. And older, older pros, not younger pros. Uh, let's talk about The Seeds, number two, and Ascenti, David Aja. Yeah, Aja. yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about this? This is a miniseries. This, I think it's a six-issue, um, five-issue, something like that. How's the weather out there, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it it looks great. I love it's, this black and white, you know, grayscale it's it's slight, it's clearly David Aja, but it's light, slightly different. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit more texture, but I don't know what's going on here at I, all. I I think I pretty much understand what's going on. Um, the and I, and I don't even fully dislike the indirect method of storytelling. Let's call it that. Like you sort of hear snippets of conversations with these different people. And, like, the, the dialogue is super strong. Like, it's very natural, almost too much so. Um, you, you really aren't given a lot, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, but I, I think I get what the world is. I think I get well, what they're point, getting at here. At some point, society split between people who embrace technology, people who, who shun technology. That seems to be the right. thing, right? There's, and there's a wall. Yes, literally. Um, <clears throat> and then there's aliens. And they're here because... It's the end of the world. Or, or they're not saying that specifically, but basically like what these guys do. And they're like they're like labor trade union aliens who are like they have a job to do and they show up to worlds near when they're near the end. And this mm-hmm. one alien sort of gets a shine on for the for a for a girl who's in a wheelchair here. And and they have sort of a frank conversation. But the, the whole the, everything everything in this is at a distance. It's removed, and you're sort of left to put it all together. It's it's pretty avant garde, um, and and so I like I like things about it, but I'm not going to tell you I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. I do like scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like looking at it for sure. I'm going to read it. I'm definitely going to finish reading it. Right. Um, which is the first time for one of these burger books. Uh, but I just I don't I'm not saying I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. Sure, from a from a story standpoint, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm I'm fine with up to storytelling. I'm fine with having to work for it, but there's so much happening that you're just like, wait, I don't even what aliens. So it's I'm hoping to to get a better handle on it. Yeah, or maybe I won't, and I just like looking at it. That may happen too. 
Yeah, it's it's not it's not like a you know a adventure superhero comic book. It's a very different kind of thing. Um, and I, I like I, I all of these things are are not to say that there's not a lot of skill going on. I think between the writer and the artist, the whole, there's a lot of skill going on, but it's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily um, rewarding in the same way that I think we're used to a lot of these. Theme. Yeah, and I'm a fan of Anna Sentis. She wrote Daredevil in, in the time when I was reading Daredevil as a kid. She's very, very good. Um, but, I mean, uh, I think that this is impressive in that it shows a completely different side of a person who most people would know. Is a, is a, I think she's written a lot of things in there that weren't comics. Um, well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad she's been doing something. Those, you know, she's one of those people you, talk, you just talked about who disappeared. In, yeah, know? from comics anyway. That's what I mean. Like, you know, you're, we're done. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm glad she's doing other stuff. So let's talk a minute about Harry's. And while we may have trouble holding on to the seed storyline, we don't have no trouble holding on to our Harry's razor blade handles because they're beautifully crafted, well-designed, nice rubber handle. You don't drop it in the bathroom, which is a problem <laughs> in some razors. It's true. And use use that handle with the razor on the end of it to give yourself a close personal it's a personal moment for me, Josh. It's a shave. It's quiet. I'm in the bathroom. No one's bothering me. It's just me in the in the mirror, I'm looking at how did that? Where, where did that gray hair come from? Uh huh. What, what's what? What? What's get, the wrinkles? Get right rid of it. <laughs> but it's a but it's a personal thing. It's a it's a it's a nice moment. And so Harry's has become part of my personal uh, grooming and my personal moment from every morning. And it's an every morning thing. You know what's funny is that like. I, I mentioned this on on social media. I don't like watching people shave, either like like any kind of footage or whatever. Like if you ever watch it on like a show or a documentary, they always go too fast and it creeps me out. And I don't yeah. want to look at it. They the clearly don't have razors. Yeah, I really like the sound mm. of a razor blade as it goes over the skin and the, sort the of sort cuts of the little hairs. Yep, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a very pleasing and satisfying sound. Um, as long as I don't cut myself. Well, you know, you like to have your ritual. You yes, know? you like to have the. That's why so many people mention that with coffee. You know the ritual of it. Well, the, the the ritual of shaving is no different, and it's not. And it's when you have nice quality tools, it makes the ritual even more satisfying. You know, and this is not. You can do this in Harry's for relatively cheap, and you don't have to buy yourself a giant, you know, uh, espresso machine to have a nice <laughs> ritual. And and why 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 can you do that? Well, Harry's stand behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they created a trial offer. You can claim yours at harrys.com slash iFanboy. Uh, Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew great shave comes down to great blades made of the sharp, durable steel that lasts, and that's why they bought a factory that's making some of the highest quality blades in the world for 95 years. And by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 per blade, compared to four or even more than that in your store. Here's your quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. That's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So here's the details of their offer. They're offering our listeners, you get your $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade. We talked about this last week on the show. Very important, both those things. Rich lathering, shave gel, the travel blade cover, all of that, it's available at your at harrys.com slash ifanboy. So make sure you go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show. So do yourself a favor. L- luxuriate a bit. Get the soap. Get the big Get body soap. wash. Seven bucks for that big bottle. It smells good. I've been using it. I like it. Get that. 
It's big. It's like a. I mean, this is the theme of the show, but it's like a World War II. Uh, it's, it's like a shell. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, it Crazy. is actually. I see that. <laughs> treat yourself. Like an eighty-eight millimeter shell. <laughs> yeah. Treat yourself. All right. Let's talk about some Superman comics. Let us. Super, Superman number three this week. Every week, there's a little period of time where I'm pretty sure I have pick of the week until I find out that I don't a day later. Right. Um, uh-huh. And as I was reading, I think this was the first book that I read, and I was like, well, I think this could almost be pick of the week. Yes. Um, and there were specifically a couple of moments in it that 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 brought me to that, uh, which is, I mean, this is what we wanted to happen, right? Like, like when we started, they were like, I'm not sure what this is, but it's different, and, you know, it, it it's Bendis, so we gave him a lot of room to sort of get there and like, I don't know. I was, I was, I was really no, this enjoying was, this it. This was one of the ones that was in contention. Um, and the only thing holding it back is well, I'm going to actually get to it the next book cause it's related, but I, the Ivan Reese art was terrific. I really like yes. the little splice of person, the, the splash of personality he gives to Clark. It's a little yep. bit different, but it still feels very authentic. I love that the whole Justice League was in this. And I actually, when we when he first moved, announced he was coming to DC, we were discussing what he could possibly be writing, and I really wanted him to write the Justice League book, mm. and he he would do great, I think, because he's been featuring them quite heavily in these books so far. And also, I loved the Adam Strange joke. I was gonna say, like that page alone, like that was when I was like, this could be pick of the week. <laughs> that was a beautiful page. And so, I reread it several been, times. The Earth has been transported into the Phantom Zone. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask about how. And uh, so while they're busy doing all that fighting, you know, the, the repercussions of transporting an entire planet into a phantom zone, <laughs> Adam Strange is just alone with a satellite floating where Earth was. Guys, I came all the way from Ran. It's not funny. <laughs> so there was just, that, which was a great sort of non sequitur moment, which was lo- like gave him a whole page. Like you don't get to do that if you're not Brian Bendis. Um, there's a bit. There's a bit where Superman pops into Star Labs in the beginning. And and he he sort you hear him sort of talking to himself, thinking to himself like these are good people. It's not what it is, but he just has to get to the point. He doesn't have time, so he yeah. just sort of barks orders. It not un Captain America like really, um, but even he had to justify that to himself because he's going to come off as rude because he's Kansas, which I really loved. Um, then there's another bit later where like everybody in uh, Metropolis is going nuts and looting, and he just flies down and he's like, "Cut it out, cut it out now!" And they do. Yeah. And it was such a dad thing. Like, he's Superman's everybody's dad. That's what he is now. He's not the big blue Boy Scout. He's, like, the greatest dad. Yeah. And No, this this was, this was probably, the, like, the runner-up book. Um, yep. And uh, I had something, oh, I just like that this feels very, in the DC universe, you've got the Atom, they, they, they can feed the scientists, so you've got Ray Palmer and Ryan, and Ryan Choi and, and Ted Kord and, and Mr. Terrific and Will Mack. So I just like that he's, Bendis is really getting a chance to really, spread his dc wings with through these books and but it never doesn't feel like a superman book it still mm-hmm. feels very much a superman book even if he's getting all these cameos in i i, I think this is a, i think bendis so far has been even if it's not a smashing sales success i think it's been a smashing creative success so far yeah now, yeah it definitely has I, I i hope people are responding to it because it's kind of the superman i've been wanting to read for a while the re- reason why i wasn't the pick and let's talk about supergirl 22 which is related to this uh, written by Mark Andreco, drawn by Kevin McGuire. He's done the last two issues. I don't know how many he's going to end up doing. Um, so she's on the hunt for the guy who's got the big dumb name who killed Krypton. So that's what this story is. Well, 
while Superman is actually fighting him in the Phantom Zone, she is hunting for evidence that he actually did it. So she goes to the Green Lantern archives on Mogo to try to find some proof that this was this guy actually did blow up Krypton. And he was just boasting. And the the problem is through flashbacks, they basically show that he did do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hate that a lot. Mm. I've, I've decided. I, I was thinking about it all reading this issue. Like <sighs> the tragedy of Krypton was the hubris of the people on Krypton. Yes. Which was that they ignored the dangers, they ignored the warning signs. When you turn it into a specific act by a terrorist or a murderer or whatever the reasoning, we don't know the reasoning yet, then it it takes away from the power. It's very similar to the problem we have where they're making everyone like a, a lineage character, where yeah. it's like you are Green Arrow because you were always fated to it. It takes away from the choice that Oliver Queen makes to become a hero. Right. To put to put away the Playboy lifestyle and become a hero. That's a powerful choice. When it when it's well, your dad was a Green Arrow and your grandfather was a Green Arrow, then it's less interesting. This is the same thing. When it's oh, the hu- the 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 pride and the hubris of the people of Krypton and especially the ruling council causes their death. That is more tragic to me than someone coming along and blowing it up on purpose. Especially the metaphor that that represents yeah. in our world today, even more than when it was created. It's, Although, which seems like an odd choice then to, to go this way. Right yeah, now. I agree. So I that agree. nagging thing in the back of my mind. Uh, Supergirl is super fun. Uh, obviously, Kevin McGuire, one of my all-time favorites. The book looks terrific. He, it's it's fun to see him get to draw a bunch of Green Lanterns. Um, and Superman was terrific. But like that little piece is keeping me from really loving it because I just don't like that they're messing with it. And it's not it's not about messing with the origin. It's that it's a weaker it's, choice. It's just about it's a worse choice, and it seems an obviously worse choice. And I just don't I don't like it. I agree. I agree. I don't like it. Hmm. You know no. what? I liked Catwoman number three. Yeah, you know what? I completely missed it because I still don't think that I would read a Catwoman book, so I think I just didn't see it. Uh, this issue is all about the origin of the creepy woman, the villain. Oh, I like the, that with, villain. Yeah, so th- we find out her fucked up family origin and how she got to be in a position of power. And this is, to me, dealing with, and we're going to talk about Bat- Detective Comics next, uh, dealing with the grief of the wedding better than the Batman book is at the moment. In that it's clearly a motivator, but it's not being harped on the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's off doing reckless and dangerous things because she's hurting while not constantly talking about why she's hurting. We just have to know why she's hurting. And uh, yep. and the Joel Jones art continues to be amazing. But I think this was the best issue so far. Tell you something, those insert pages in there uh, by Fernando Blanco are not bad either. No, they're not. And so he does he does the flashback yeah. to the to the the villain's childhood. And there's there's a couple of great panels where her as she goes into her memory, the Joel Jones art becomes the Blanco art, mm-hmm. which is which was cool. Um, the only thing, the only problem I had with this book is that at one point. Selena gets knocked out of a fourth floor window and she lands on a car and she's totally fine. But she doesn't have superpowers. She would be very badly hurt. She's a cat. That's <laughs> well, how that that's works. Lives down, then. It's a comic book. Uh, but other than that, I think I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by this book. I mean, I knew the art would be terrific. I didn't have any experience with Joel Jones's writing. As we've said before, we were worried about how much of a shroud the breakup would cause over these characters. But so far, this book is, to use a Ron phrase, delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Detective Comics 922 features the new guest writer, James Robinson, who's going to write it for a couple of issues before Peter J. Tomasi takes over. And uh, 
this was like the opposite. Like it, it, it was really dwelling in the in the post marriage stuff. It was. I, I feel like I always have to make an adjustment to James Robinson books when they start mm-hmm. because he is not of this time. It, it, like his books mm-hmm. just. Nobody talks like they do in any other books. And at first I was like, this is so weird. And then by the end, I'm usually back on board. Um, Mm, So when I think about it in that context and I assign it to to James Robinson, I go, this is what you get when you get James Robinson, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does require a mental shift for me. Um, And then I also like the idea that he's like, I just need to solve a a regular murder. You know what, though? I was really hoping it was just going to be a regular murder. Right. Yeah, like that was. I was like, I was really excited. I was like, oh, that's fun because there have been a couple of instances in the past where Batman just gets involved in a regular murder. There's mm-hmm. no supervillain. There's no conspiracy. There's nothing. There's no big plot to take, take to kill God, you know, destroy Gotham. It's just a murder. And I thought that's what we were looking at here. But and then of course it turns out Firefly is here, and then plus Cobra, and which is fine. I just was. Yeah. I was really excited at first. Like, oh, that'd be awesome. Just just one dude murdering another dude, and Batman has. Batman solves it just for peace of mind, but he. Yeah, but that's true. It's, it's comics. I get it. it's not not gonna work that way. Uh, you know, but there was a lot of it. I actually really dug the art by Steven Segovia. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, it was just an issue of of detective. Again, once I got over the way that they talk, a little, um, yes. which wasn't quite what I'm used to with Batman, but it's fine. And and uh, I don't. Know, I I really did dig the art. I was like, oh, this is just this is just a nice nice sort of Batman story. And I know that yes. there was the weight of the wedding thing in the background, but it was still just like he could have been brooding about anything. True. I mean, I think you're right because I think what was – I was a little off balance with it because of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at one point Commissioner Gordon says geez to Batman and I was like, yep. really? There was a, yeah, there was a couple of those. And the way that Alfred talked to him and they went to each other. Like it was just, you know, it wasn't, it, but, it wasn't wrong. It just was different. And I was like, all right, just adjust. You like <laughs> the way this person calibrate. writes. Yep, you calibrate. have to calibrate for him. That's all. Happens every right. time. Let's jump into War Corner, which we haven't done in a while, which we kind of already been dipping in and out of this whole episode. War Corner is where we talk about World of Tanks, Citadel number five, the final issue of the latest War of World of Tanks miniseries that Garth Ennis gets paid to write. Um, <laughs> and uh, how did you feel about this whole this whole story? There's another There's, tank. Obviously, World of Tanks is all about tank battling. It's a, it's a video game, very, 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 very popular video games that so this is all time of tank <laughs> the, battles the garth ennis has never looked at or thought about in any way <laughs> i mean that and that should be clear like that might be on the cover fine whatever if, whatever gets him the job i'm totally although fine my my he's got to be 60 something although it's la could be a 70s doctor plays it okay he was like oh do you play world of tanks and i was like you too <laughs> I, I don't play it but i just know from my so you've got a couple of like uh couple of German uh, tank soldiers who get separated from the unit end up with another one. Uh, they get dropped into uh, basically the, the Eastern Front um, uh, as as uh, Berl- as um, the Russians approach Berlin. Um, famously, very, very savage fighting. The new Panzer tanks are out. They're crap. Um, and the T-34s are going all over them. If you don't know what I'm saying, don't read this book. You won't like it. <laughs> but if you do know what I'm saying, this is a lot like the Hey Kids. My review is basically the same as the Hey Kids comics. They're not going to give you a lot. If you like hanging out with Garth Ennis war character, soldier characters, then you'll be fine. But there's no Americans. There's no – it's Germans versus Soviets. I, I have the only, I lost a thread a bit on this one only because the Germans are wearing gray and the Soviets are wearing gray. I did have and that both, issue. And they, and they both speak in British uh, – Cockney, uh, basically. Well, they both speak with British Working voices, class accents. Which yeah. is – 
Yep. Fine, but when you have when the when the dialogue is pretty much the same and they're wearing the same colors, I was like, wait, which ones are these again? And I had that kept happening, and I, it, that made it tough. I didn't really love this one. I enjoyed reading it, but I didn't I, really love this I, one. There's, I, there's a couple of things like we've seen these before. I really like PJ Holden's art. Um, I mm-hmm. thought it's the best that he's had that Garth Ennis has had in one of these war stories in a while. Um, sure. The end sequence where basically you've got the tanks are all coming together. The Germans have shitty, awful tanks and they don't have enough people to run them. Um, and the, the Soviets are just they're just coming for them because that's what they're going to do. Um, you've got you've got the one tank on the high ground. It's a great battle sequence. Basically, you get the one tank on the high ground. He has one mm-hmm. shot. It goes through and then uh, the Germans drive their tank off the cliff at the other <laughs> at the other yeah. tank killing the one guy you they know ram it basically and the, and the german just lets the girl go he's like this i couldn't see the point of of killing yes. her and she was willing to die um so all of that and then at the end ron loves a map i don't know if you guys yeah. know this but in a but what i love is a historical explainer along with a war map telling me where we are with the big red arrow that says this is what way the battle was going and then the context for everything that happened just before and after that um, oh, the, it, little, the little four paragraph explainer was my favorite part of the issue. It, it totally was. So, like at the end of it, I was like, I loved it, <laughs> and that was it. That's five issues done. Um, we, I hope, we, hopefully, they do more. Yeah. Uh, this is the second one I think they've done. Yes, um, I think so. But uh, I mean, if Garthians can make get paid to write war comics from a video game license, that's fine. Whatever. Totally fine. Totally fine. Now let's talk about the patron pick over at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Every week, all the patrons get to vote. Any patron at any level can just vote to put a book into the rundown. Voting opens Wednesday morning. Voting closes Thursday afternoon. And uh, they picked this week Cemetery Beach, number one, from Image Comics, Warren Ellis, Jason Howard, Fanographics. The, the, the patrons love an image, number one. That's they love an image, number one. They, they love it. A Warren Ellis image, number one, is not is nothing to sneeze at. No, I'm just saying that's, you know, they'd love that. That's all. I'm just making an observation. It's true. Uh, the last, they worked together on Trees. The yes, last which series. I had completely forgotten I about. fell off that book. I finished it, point. I think. What I liked most about this was that it didn't really feel like a Warren Ellis comic. And if you told me, if you handed this to me without the first two pages, they said, who wrote this? I don't think I would have been able to say Warren Ellis. Which is pretty interesting and unusual. Yeah, I liked that. Mm-hmm. This, to me, the downside, that was the upside. The downside is uh, this has image number one syndrome in that it really needed another issue because mm-hmm. I really don't, I'm not sure, quite sure how I feel about it yet. I don't really know what's going on really, which is, again, fine. We just talked about that, but like it really, I feel like it needed a little bit more to tell me a little bit more about whether or not I care, mm-hmm. but that's fine. It's a cold open. I'll read the next one. I, I like, I spoiler. It's funny. I had seen... Uh, Jason Howard, I guess, kind of do this style. Like we, we all sort of first knew him from uh, Astounding Wolfman, which is sort of a animated style, smooth yep. sort of cartoony lines. Cartoony style, um, yeah. Came in to do trees and just sort of leveled up completely. And this is more in that vein. Um, so I, I, I kind like of, the art a lot. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I did a too. Um, yeah. And you know, we're sort of thrown into a situation where there's a lot of this kind of stuff happening lately like it's it's our world but not quite there's there's this there's yeah other. there's also there's even that other kirkman book which is similar yeah. so this is like uh space colonies yes so they've in the 1920s we figured out how to travel and colonize different planets and and so this is 
I guess an operative from Earth is on one of these planets and they're freaking out because old home is coming for us. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of fighting. Um, but basically, like, you have an explainer that happens in an interrogation room um, for, for the first four or five pages. And then it's kind of an action sequence for the rest of it. Um, that sequence where the guy, the, the prisoner, jumps mm-hmm. off the chair, flips around, strangles the guy with his handcuffs was terrific. Yes, it was. Great. We were terrifically drawn. And then the, the coloring the whole, was even great. <laughs> yeah, the coloring and the whole escape sequence is silent. It, it's really great. Really, really great. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what I'm looking at. That's all. I just don't I, know. I, I, I feel like it's, what's really interesting here is that, like, I think Jason Howard has the ability <clears throat> to make a Warren Ellis book not feel like a Warren Ellis book. It's and not in a bad way. Because Trees no, was, like, I don't know, but there's there's layouts here that I'm just not used to seeing in, in a Warren Ellis book, but he, he's just letting him roll. And and I yeah, think, the, yeah. The two-page ha- spread with, where the, him and the girl are escaping. Yep. It's also gorgeous. This is a good-looking book. It's a really good-looking book. There's a lot of draft skills. It's one of those things where you look back to Astounding Wolfman, and you're like, well, why did Kirkman pick this guy? And you're like, oh, because he had it. And Kirkman could see that. You know, that he, he had that skill to be able to do that. Um, you know, overall, I don't think the story was super original or interesting. And mm-hmm. it actually, because it didn't have that Warren Ellis feeling, that was the thing that was interesting about it. So then it was right. kind of bland in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's got his love of, you know, uh, fictionalizing history mm-hmm. and technology. Like, oh, there's, with, you know, it's very, he's, that, that runs through a lot of his books. With sort of scientific grounding. Yeah, so like yeah. he did that with uh, Planetary. He did it with that that book about about England having a space force. and mm-hmm. He likes to do that. It's great. I love to read that. Yes, It's just I don't know what the story here is yet, which is fine. I'm willing to find out because I really liked the first issue a lot. So let's do ratings. Ratings. Out of five. I'm going to give it a four. Four. And I'm sticking with it, as I said earlier. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you are. For sure. Okay. All right, so that's the patron pick, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go vote. Let's do that then, fine. You would go to patreon.com slash ifanboy to be able to do that because if you're not a member already, if you're not a patron, member's the wrong word, that's the old word. Um, we have uh, added to the next stretch goal in addition to the monthly non-comics media podcast, we're going to be working on uploading all the missing full-length video shows and minis to our YouTube channel and re-embed them on the website. The reason that that's happening is that those were hosted by Revision 3, which was then bought by Discovery, which was then shuttered. Um, and there's a significant amount of labor involved in doing that. So yeah. it, it's not a matter of flipping a switch or anything like that. We are less than $400 away from being able to get So to yeah, that. so if you want to see probably two-thirds of the video content we did mm-hmm. was now missing from the internet. So if you want to see that stuff back on the internet, it's our next stretch goal, less than $400 away. And we didn't get rid of the, non, the, the non-comics media podcast. It's still there. It's still part of it. Yeah, It's a double, it's a two-for-one. It's two-for-one. Yeah. Totally. Um, get the uh, over to uh, patreon.com slash ifanboy for that plus you know the power thing we got coming up it's coming up it's fun um, then you can also if you want t-shirt or t-shirts or merch branded merch you can go to ifanboy.threadless.com there are seven designs up now um, we talked about them many times there's Herm which doesn't have anything to do with any other properties I don't know why you'd think that uh, there's our <laughs> rating shirt uh, and of course the champion nothing makes sense nothing matters and I, I, I don't know why I don't have that shirt I don't either. It seems it seems silly that we don't have our own shirts, but we're not making them. So uh, I, sh- I I don't know why I don't have that one. In fact, I, I really wanted to get it for last week's show and wear it, but I didn't. I have a lot of shirts. Is one of my reasons. Yeah, that's possible. Also, yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, if if you don't want to if you don't want to deal with any of that, you just say, you know what, let me let me let me help you guys out a little bit here. You can go to ifanboy.com/support where we still have a link for PayPal donations and things like that. And of course, there's ifanboy.com/amazon. You will find links to buy our books, blood books. You will always find a link to buy the pick of the week book or any book that we talk about on the website, and that's a general link to uh, Amazon as well that you can get to to help support the show somewhat indirectly. And so, with that said, uh, every week the patrons. Um, four of them uh, mm-hmm. are bestowed with a power by us. Yep. Um, and sometimes you start talking and you realize you've got the first one and you have nothing to say. But what I know is that mm-hmm. Mario Miranda yep. always knows his exact elevation. Oh, so he just sort of feels. Yeah. Oh, we're. He just feels. 1,692 feet. He doesn't have to walk around trying to find a place in his GPS app or mm-hmm. playing with the little console on his car, trying to figure out what, uh, what he's at until finally he figures out that the way you do that is to ask Siri because Siri can tell you what elevation you're at unless there's no signal, in which case you're SOL. Well, Mario doesn't have that problem. Mario can tell you right now you're 200 feet above sea level. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So it's like a, it's just a feeling he has. Just he knows it. He's got an inner barometer maybe. I don't know. I don't know what a barometer is or how it works. It has something to do with humidity, I think. I don't think it has anything to do with elevation, but there we are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Mark C. Warner, and I don't know if this is related to what you just said or okay. what's going on in the country right now. Also, thoughts to people in, in the South right now with the storm. Uh, Mark C. Warner <clears throat> is a human umbrella. Go on. And what I mean by that is uh, he creates sort of a telekinetic overhang uh-huh. that can block this, block the rain. Uh-huh. He creates it with his mind. The rain's still happening. It just goes around him. And we've, I know we've had the power before. The rain doesn't hit people. This is like he's literally creating a telekinetic umbrella. Mm-hmm. He can make it as big enough for two people, but that's as big as it goes. Okay. Telekinetic umbrella power. Hmm. Which really annoys those guys in New York who appear out of nowhere when it starts raining. Where are they the rest of the time? They're like, umbrellas. And he's like, don't need it. And just, there it is. Telekinetic uh-huh. umbrella. Standing there completely. Dr- is, it, is, there, is, a visual, is there a visual component? Yeah, it looks a little bit like a dotted outline, like a 60s invisible oh, woman. I like that. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe Perna, if you are... Any kind of an asshole or you're inconsiderate mm-hmm. or you're just being out of line around Joe Perna, mm-hmm. boils. He, it, does he do get, it on purpose or it just happens? It, no, it happens. It's, it's, uh, it's a passive skill. It's uncontrollable. Yeah, so if you are within like a 10-foot radi- ratio of it, like say you're in a restaurant. Joe is over there. He's having his lamb or whatever it is, uh, a table away, somebody starts getting shirty with the waitress, you know, completely out of line, you know, like, where's like, my thing? Uh, What's unreason- this? Unreasonably. Yeah. Uh, boils. Boils. All yeah. over the whole body or just? Yeah. Or do the, are the boils dependent on the level of asshole need? Like, it's a little bit asshole, at least you get like a couple of boils. Mm. No. Or if it's like full on asshole, your whole body's no, covered it's, in it's, boils. You know what? There's no more... It's just a it's a black or white thing. Yep. Keep your keep Boils. your shit. You know, it's not forever. It's not permanent. You're not gonna have that forever, but you're gonna have to deal with that outbreak until it subsides. Well, that sucks. Well, it's time for everyone to be a little nicer to each other, and Joe's doing his part to make sure that happens. Greg Marcus, uh, his shoes are always in mint condition. Ooh. 
Do you like, want no matter that? What he, no matter what he does, his shoes never get dirty. They never uh, rip. They never get scuffed. They're always in mint condition. Did you get some new shoes recently? Um, I did, <laughs> but they are fine. I'm just thinking down the road. <laughs> I don't want my shoes to be too clean. I, I think you're probably talking about boots. Maybe. Because boots, boots you want to break in, but you know. Well, I don't like my sneakers like to be blinding white. I don't like them to be dirty, but I don't want your first instinct to go, those are brand new. I need, I want just past that. Well, Greg's got no choice in the matter. His, his shoes are always super nice. They're mint. Well, somebody out but there. But they, they still break in like his feet, yeah. you know, around his feet, but the outer part. They always stay. Well, he's never going to do that horrible thing that many, many men do is just to wear crap shoes and just let him be crappy and just not care. <sighs> Patreon.com slash iFanway. That's where you can go and get your dumb superpower at a $5 or higher level. We think everyone who, who has given and we still have many, many more to give out. I think we, we just plotted it out. We've got another, another many, many more, more episodes to go. Uh, we're going to skip all the emails because we're long, but we thank you for writing in at contact.ifanboy.com. We'll get back to your emails next week. We won't go quite so long because there will hopefully be fewer books that come out. Let's talk about tonight's patron hangout. So if you're listening to this show right off the bat and you're a patron, September 16th, that's our next patron hangout. And that's where we're doing the G.I. Joe Fantasy Draft. Me and Josh and Ron are getting together to draft our ideal G.I. Joe squad. So if you're if you're an early listener, it's happening tonight. If you listen to it Monday, you missed it last night. But if you're a patron, you can go back and it's archived on the patron page, all the old hangouts. So you can watch them there. And I'm very excited for this one. So I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it for, for months. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, I was looking forward to talking to Jeff Parker for a while. And I did. And I recorded it. And you can listen to that. That was last month's Talksplode episode. Uh, this week, Booksplode, Superman Blue Volume 1 coming in. Um, I had a good early lead on it, and now, well, <laughs> I got to finish it it's one way or the other. Um, but we'll be talking about that book. I, I here's your spoiler. Well, no, I'm not even going to spoil it. I wanted to tell you a thing. I'm not going to. You're going to have to wait to listen to it. But that'll be coming. Don't spoil out. it. I, I'm about I'm about a third of the way through it. I'm more than that. Um, moving quickly, moving quicker than I was in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So check that out this week. Later on this week, that show will be coming I have out. a lot of suggestions for the next one we can do. Like okay, a lot we'll talk of about it. Okay, we'll talk about it after the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, head over to ifanboy.com. That's where you'll find all of our podcasts, as well as some of our old video shows are up there, but not all of them, as we discussed earlier. You can find out what the pick is before the show comes up by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following ifanboy on Twitter. Or you can follow us individually at jflanagan on Twitter and Instagram and at Patrick on Instagram. And if you like this show, uh, you can write a review or leave a star rating on iTunes, things like that. Uh, better yet, tell people about it. Mention it in your social media. Uh, you know, if, say you're down at the local s- sand- sandwich establishment. <laughs> and then the one guy's like... Sandwich Emporium. I used to I used to really be in those, those Batman comics. What's the guy? Norm something? That's Norm Brayfogle. Hey, you know what? You might like to get back, back into it, Vincenzo. And he'd be like, no, what? And then you could be like, I listen to this podcast. <laughs> And then uh, Vincenzo's pretty happy about it, so he gives you a special card um, that gets you a, a 10% discount on your sandwiches from that point going forward because he enjoyed the show so much. You know, the uh, last week's show where they t- we talked about Italians being something we disliked, maybe this is why. It's, Vin- <laughs> so you're saying that I have suggested that the only valuable thing that they can do is make a sandwich? No, I'm just saying 
I'm just trying to figure out how that happened. I don't remember. I have no recollection of that. I don't think Italians are supposed we've, to be on the list. We've been slurred. I That's feel like happened. I feel like somebody out there, like he put that in there. <laughs> like he's like, watch, they'll read anything. <laughs> the Italian. Which is true. Yes, that's true. Like you'll, you'll notice, Josh, I took moms off the script as I you didn't requested. Notice. I, did, I just didn't read it, but there it goes. I just I went without it anyway. We were in Simpatico there. I, I think it's true that there is that what's interesting is that there is an ethnic group on the list oh, of things oh, that oh, we no. don't like. And neither of us denied it as a possibility. <laughs> we didn't say, whoa, that's not true. What we said was, I don't remember saying that, <laughs> which is very different than an unequivocal denial. That's true. That's true. We can't deny that. Yep. It was late. By the time we got to that point of the show, I was drunk. You were tired. Let's close this one out because okay. we're out, we're over time and we'll be back next week with two shows, the pick of the week and the books blowed. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I was also a little drunk. <laughs> and then that gave way to really tired. That's what happened. <laughs>